1: the following is a presentation of morning drive media broadcasting from the knapsack files studios in burbank california this is the knapsack files a special edition what is this episode on a tuesday this what you're about to hear it's a rebroadcast of a mini-sode from my old wrestling podcast feed called the Wrestling Viewpoint Network. Ran a few years ago, and I'd mentioned it yesterday and talking about WrestleMania 34. And if you are a wrestling fan, I am keeping the wrestling talk going just for this week. We'll see what happens after that. But I have episodes in my hopper, episodes from that podcast feed. I had to uh, finally take it out. I wasn't using it. Uh, you know, you're paying for something you're not using. What are you doing? You know, I lost my job. I got to start cutting corners, right? So I shut the feed down, but not before I made sure I had all the episodes that we used to put up there. And my good friend and mentor and uh, comedy father, Dan Farron, dangerous Dan Farron, who I worked with in at uh, Millennium Pro Wrestling for a number of years, uh, he, uh, he uh, ran a lot of shows on there for me the California Classic Wrestling Podcast, which is a Facebook group he was a part of, I do believe is still going strong. Maybe, maybe not. I'll find out. I'll find that out. And then I'll, at the end of the show, I'll update you. But I'm recording live to tape, and I'm not going to stop. That's right. It's like it's like a good wrestling match. You call it in the ring, and you take it home when you need to. But Dan did a wonderful little mini-show, just kind of tracking the career of Andre the Di- Giant. And uh, today, as I record... HBO is about to release their documentary, their much-anticipated documentary from Bill Simmons and his team, about Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, even if you are not a wrestling fan, is someone you're probably aware of, of course. And as we mentioned, the minisode that you're about to listen to, Princess Bride, he kind of crossed over into pop culture through that for a generation, a lot of people in my generation, but he'd already crossed over. Trust me. He is, we'll probably all see in that documentary. He was truly larger than life and larger than just the pro wrestling industry. But I had this episode sitting in the hopper and I wanted to kind of put it out there just as a pay a little homage to Andre on the day of this documentary. Also to kind of just uh, see what you guys think about these older episodes. A lot of people did not hear the show. The podcast feed I'll admit, the Wrestling Viewpoint Network did not bring in a lot of numbers. But my career has changed since then. I have more ears on the things that I do. And a lot of you are professional wrestling fans. And as Dan Farron himself would say, don't be ashamed of that. Celebrate the circus. Celebrate the carnival. Celebrate the pro wrestling life that we all lead. So if you are a fan or just want to hear a little bit about the career of Andre the Giant and take a moment. To pay our respects to the eighth wonder of the world, I am presenting to you now, in its entirety, a Andre the Giant mini-episode from my old Wrestling Viewpoint Network. I'll see you on the other side. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media and the Wrestling Viewpoint Network. Welcome back to the Wrestling Viewpoint Network. I'm Ken Napsuck and this is our special spotlight on Andre the Giant, a Wrestling Viewpoint Network mini with Dan Faram. And we are going to take a look back at a man we lost in 1993, January 27, 1993, Andre the Giant, perhaps the most known professional wrestler of all time, with apologies to George Hackenschmidt. Andre was the eighth wonder of the world. His fame superseded the ring and went definitely into pop culture, but that was kind of later in his career. So, in honor of the passing of Andre the Giant 22 years ago, Dan Farron is going to take a look at Andre
0: the Giant. Hi, this is Dan Farron, and welcome to a mini-episode of the California Classic Wrestling Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the legacy of Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant started wrestling uh, in France in the late 19 or the middle 1960s. Uh, he then moved over to Montreal and started working in Japan and other places internationally. Um, what happened was Vincent Mann Sr. took over the booking for Andre in 1973, and he gave him the name Andre the Giant and decided that maybe that Andre was being booked incorrectly. Uh, With a guy that size, who's so overwhelmed opponents, it was best maybe to book him as a special attraction, where he would come into a territory, stay there for a week, or maybe two weeks, and then move on to a different territory, so he didn't become stale. So Andre would come in, usually wrestle on TV, and in uh, some main event someplace, uh, where he would take on two or three uh, local mid-card heels. Uh, Oftentimes, those heels, uh, one of those heels was Frank Valois, a very famous Canadian wrestler uh, who actually uh, worked as the handler of Andre, would travel around and make sure Andre got to all the places that he needed to go. The typical template of an Andre the Giant match back then was mostly comedy. Uh, Andre was the laughing, happy giant. Uh, He would stack guys up and sit on them, or he would crush them in the corner. Uh, Just your, your basic kind of special attraction match that was really, really popular in the 1970s. And luckily for uh, those of us here in California, we got to see Andre quite a bit either in San Francisco or Los Angeles because he was very popular in Japan and in Mexico. So oftentimes he would stop in here and make an appearance on his way there. I believe Andre's first appearance in Los Angeles was for the Battle Royal show in January of 1974. Uh, He wrestled on the card against the the masked Dr. Death uh, who was played by a veteran wrestler named Don Arnold. And Don Arnold had his tag team partner Mr. Wrestling, who was portrayed by Gordon Nelson at ringside. And it was pretty much your standard Andre match. It was a really good, fun match. And this match, often what they would do is, uh, whenever Andre was coming into a new territory this was the match that they would send around on videotape to show on tv to say hey andre the giant's coming and this is what he can do take a look at what he did to these two guys out in los angeles in fact that match was a clip of that match was shown uh, when andre appeared on the tonight show in 1974 uh, actually that match still i think can be found i don't know if it's on the wwe network uh but it was on one of the earlier andre the giant videotapes and it's well worth searching out if you can andre the Giant uh, versus uh, Dr. Death Andre returned to Los Angeles for the Battle Royal in 1975, which he actually won, eliminating the mighty Zulu Andre stayed around for a couple weeks after that Uh, and made appearances uh, all over the place. And actually, that was kind of the beginning of Andre's mainstream media push. He started to be noticed by Sports Illustrated. Uh, Like I said, he appeared on The Tonight Show. Uh, He wound up eventually appearing as Bigfoot on The Six Million Dollar Man. He went out and did a bunch of photo shoots at Disneyland and in Hollywood Park, the racetrack, uh, which wound up in what they referred to as the After Magazines back in the, the 1970s. January 1975 was the first time that I saw Andre the Giant in person. I had gone to the San Bernardino Arena. He was appearing there for two weeks um, to see Andre and see the Battle royal show, the local Battle royal show that we had. Uh, When I walked into the lobby, there was Andre getting coffee for the boys in the dressing room, and I never forgot it. He had a Styrofoam cup of coffee between each finger on his hand, so he was carrying like four cups of coffee back to the dressing room in one hand. Um, And I got to tell you, if you never saw Andre up close in person, I know he wasn't really seven foot four. But uh, my God, he was just a brick wall. He was enormous. And I remember that night he won the Battle Royal and actually returned uh, the next week to team up with Edouard Carpentier against uh, Bobby Shane and Greg Valentine. I talked about that match on other podcasts. I won't go into it again, but it was a great match. Around the same time, he had a great match on KCOP TV where he teamed up once again with Carpentier and wrestled Greg Valentine and Pat Patterson. Uh, and this was was a match that was on free TV back then. Around this time, they realized also that uh, if Andre was going to stay around and be a popular attraction, they were going to need to kind of tweak... Uh, how they were booking him um, He couldn't keep wrestling job guys Or in, in handicap matches He was going to have to move up to bigger stars And when you work with bigger stars Who were staying in the territory You didn't want to job them out And then have Andre leave And and, and leave the local territory uh, you know, in, in, in shambles So you had to do some very careful booking So quite often what happened is Andre would be brought in uh, To team up with the, the very popular Local babyface against two Of the guys that had been giving the babyface the most uh, problems at that time um he had a great match andre did with black gorman and the great goliath uh another match that i think wound up on one of the wwe uh, dvds and is is, it was so popular that when they did the graphic novel of andre they actually included uh, a little drawing a little snippet of that Uh, that's another match that you definitely want to take a look for So it was not uncommon for, say, Andre to go up to San Francisco and team up with Pat Patterson against whoever was giving uh, Patterson a hard time at that point. Uh, He wrestled pretty much every name in Southern California uh, that was working in the 1970s here. Uh, He took on Roddy Piper. He took on John Tolis. uh, He uh, took on Keith Franks, who became uh, became Adrian Adonis. Um, He teamed up with Chavo Guerrero and most of the Guerrero family at one point or another. At one point, he actually... Actually, even challenged for the America's title against uh, the big cat, Ernie Ladd. Um, and that was a very popular match. Andre and, and Ladd worked quite a bit all over the, the place. And they wrestled at the Olympic in the fall of 1974 to a, a no contest. Um, in 1980, actually, Andre got a couple of shots at Harley Race and the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Most of those matches ended in draws or uh, with a, a DQ victory for Andre. Andre won the 1977 San Francisco Battle Royal. He won the 1980 Los Angeles Battle Royal, also beating Victor Rivera by count out on that same show. Um, I believe his last appearance in L.A. was in 1981 for the Battle Royal. Uh, He beat Professor Toro Tanaka on the undercard. In 1993, uh, Andre returned to France uh, for his father's funeral, and on somewhere in the night of January twenty seventh, 1993, Andre passed away of an apparent heart attack in his sleep. Um, when you look at it, that's been 22 years, and— the name Andre the Giant is probably as well known today as it was, maybe even more so than back then. Um, he's been the subject uh, of uh, of books, of graphic novels. Um, they do skits about him on Saturday Night Live. Uh, everybody knows who Andre the Giant is, and that's pretty amazing when you think about wrestling, uh, which oftentimes has a short shelf life. That 22 years after a person's death, that he is still so readily identifiable. Uh, of course, it doesn't hurt that. Um, movies like The Princess Bride has kind of cemented his legend. Uh, But uh, here it is, 22 years after the death of Andre the Giant. And he's still one, one of the, if not maybe the most famous wrestler in history.
1: Thanks, Dan. That is a great look at Andre the Giant. Eight good minutes for the eighth wonder of the world 22 years ago. On January 27, 1993, we lost Andre the Giant. Certainly uh, a staple of my childhood growing up. Not only as a wrestling fan, but Princess Bride, man. That is one of my all-time favorite movies. And anybody want a peanut? Andre the Giant, certainly made that and uh, all that knowledge dan has i've seen dan work yeah he researches his stuff yeah he makes notes but most of that just flows out of dan's brain he is a walking talking encyclopedia of wrestling and i want you to uh, if you want to learn more and, and see what dan and, and his friends have to share i want you to check out not only some of the past episodes of the california classic wrestling podcast here on the wrestling viewpoint network but go to their facebook group and join california classic wrestling you will learn some things it is not a Group to go and post flyers for your indie wrestling show at the gym this weekend. It is a page to go to learn about the great history of of professional wrestling in California, going all the way back to the turn of the century up until the early 80s when the Olympic closed. Uh, We also have done some episodes here about the Grand Olympic Auditorium. We also did a a podcast, uh, the California Classic Wrestling Podcast. It was episode three. You can look it up on this feed here. And our special guest, Ryan Doyle, brother of the late Larry Doyle, he shared his memories of some California Classic Wrestling events uh, battle royals, and Andre of course competed in one of those uh, in eighty, in eighty one, and uh, Doyle tells some great stories about cheering for Andre and seeing Andre in person. I, I, I wish I had the opportunity to see Andre the Giant in person at any point in his life, but particularly during the late seventies, early eighties phase. Wow, that that's uh, that's uh, that's great and for Dan to he said seventy five. He saw him first. I am jealous of that because that is Andre at his peak. If you want to learn more about Andre the Giant, here's something you can go to. Something I picked up there in uh, 2014 and it's great. It is called Andre the Giant, Life and Legend. It is a graphic novel by Box Brown is the name of the uh, author, the uh, cartoonist and researcher. He's a big professional wrestling fan. and He put this graphic novel together. You can probably get it at your local comic uh, shop or find it on Amazon. It is uh, put out by First Second is the name of of the publishing... A uh, company does that, and again, Andre the Giant, life and legend, graphic novel, so kind of might look like a comic book to some of you, but graphic novels, of course, are a different animal, and this tells a great story. It is just a bio of Andre the Giant. It's got some humor. It's got some heart to it. It's uh, Andre's kind of a tragic character, and it goes into that. It starts in his childhood and works his way up, and covers a lot of stuff. For those of you wrestling fans of the 80s, it does absolutely go into WrestleMania 3 and the stories behind that it touches on everything and it's it is really fun and it shows uh shows a a side to Andre that uh, you kind of only hear about though everything about Andre seems to be a bit of a legend and uh not quite you never know you never know you never know where uh where the truth lies in those stories of Andre. Was he ever gonna let Hulk Hogan win? Or was he gonna lo- make him lose? We'll never know. The true story of Wrestlemania 3. But anyways, check that out. Andre the Giant, Life and Legend by Box Brown. It is a great graphic novel. So I hope you enjoyed your spotlight here on Andre the Giant. One of the greats of all time. One of the great characters in and out of wrestling, if you ask me. Be sure uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WrestlingVN. You can follow me on Twitter at KenNabSock and RealD. Dan Farron is uh, how you follow Dan and join the conversation with there, and again seek out the California Classic Wrestling Group, and uh, on Facebook, and maybe Dan will let you in. You can learn a lot about California wrestling, the history of California wrestling. So for Dan Farron, for the late Andre the Giant, I'm Ken Napsok. This has been the Wrestling Viewpoint Network. Hey, there you have it. Special rebroadcast from the old Wrestling Viewpoint Network days, which weren't that long ago. But man, time, she does fly. I might be doing more wrestling talk here soon on the Napstock Files podcast feed and maybe releasing some of these episodes from time to time here or over on the Patreon page. So if you're a fan of old time territory wrestling, the history of professional wrestling in Los Angeles, the history of some of the venerable venues of professional wrestling, especially the Olympic Auditorium here in Los Angeles. Stay tuned for some of that stuff. Let me know if you like it and where uh, you know where I where I can put it. It's like a little survey. Do you want it here? Here? Here in the Napsack Files? Just a little supplemental. This won't take the place of the the main shows uh, I do and try to get out to you guys every Wednesday and and even and sometimes even more than that. But I just, wrestling's on my mind. It's WrestleMania week, or at least it's after WrestleMania week. We're in the afterglow of WrestleMania. Uh, professional wrestling's always in my heart, always in my blood. It's on my mind here. So, talking about that, that's what we're going to be doing from time to time here. Let me know. That's it for now. At regular episode tomorrow, at least at the time that I'm releasing this episode, will be tomorrow. So, check that out. You can follow me at Ken so Go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash... Uh, the napsack Files. I do have the website up, knapsackfiles.podomatic.net. Trying to get a blog started there shortly. So a lot coming. Stick with it. Don't forget to uh, follow me on Twitch as well. I now have emotes available for subscribers. What does that mean? I don't know, but they look cool. Check it out. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed.